And hello, pro wrestling fans. Welcome to Dork Side of the Ring. It's the podcast where your nerdy obsession with professional wrestling is not only tolerated, it is celebrated. I am Matt Marbury. With me at the table, Adam Tollefson. I forgive you, Greasy D. Now go pick up all this shit and put it in the back of the van. Lake Geneva trash. <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, it's like a possibility, like 50 people know what you're talking about. And that's right. every one of them listen. Yes. Wicked effing wrestling. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> Fun times indeed. Well, we'll get into that later. As we sit down to record, Adam. It is June the 30th, 2021, and on this day in pro wrestling history, 1961, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers defeats Pat O'Connor in Chicago, Illinois to win the NWA World Heavyweight title for the first time. Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, first title reign, 1961. What is that, 50 years ago? Nice. 60 years ago? No, 50. 60. I'm bad with math. Moving along. <laughs> 1985. Hercules Hernandez defeats Hector Guerrero for the Florida State Heavyweight title in Orlando. The title would be vacated less than a month later when Hernandez was fired for having a locker room fight with Wahoo McDaniel. It's a shoot, brother. And I, I looked into it. I couldn't find out what the fight was over. Did he get chopped? I couldn't find out anything about this goddamn fight other other than it led to Hercules getting released or uh, yeah released. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I want I wanted the deets. You know what I'm saying? Like every time I see something like that, like I'm immediately pounding on the keyboard trying to figure it out, and I couldn't find anything. But I guess 1985. Dirt sheets weren't running rampant. Um, Lips are sealed. Internet's not a thing. Like, if you want to get into, like, the Sid Arn Anderson scissor fight, that shit's all over the place. Right. But stuff like this, it's just kind of hush-hush. Then nothing happens until 2003, which is fucking weird. <laughs> that is on this day, you mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In her WWE television debut, Gail Kim wins a battle royal for the women's title on Raw. Oh, I like Gil Kim. I do too. And um, Raw, on Raw, huh? Yes. Interesting. Same day, 2003, Hulk Hogan appeared on the Bubba the Love Sponge radio show in Florida. Oh, boy. And said that his Mr. America character was on hiatus and that for the immediate future, he was done with the WWE. Hogan implied he was not happy with the creative direction of the company, but stayed away from blaming anyone or giving any specific reasons for his departure. Um, as you can tell, it was a slow news day, Adam. I'm trying to find things. Well, I don't know what the timeline is, but anytime you put Bubba and Hogan in the same uh, thing, I'm like, <laughs> I have an idea of on maybe why they didn't call you Hulkster. <laughs> well, what's weird? <laughs> <laughs> what's weird to me is like, I guess Bubba the Love Sponge is known as like a shock rock DJ or whatever yes. in Florida. Yeah. I had never heard of that fucking guy until the Hulk Hogan scandal. Oh, me neither. Me neither. Isn't that strange though? Yeah. I, I, well, I think there's probably, you know, it, it's like the territories, Matt. I'm sure oh. there's a shock jock in everywhere, but the only ones we get is We get Howard Johnny Danger. And Howard, yes. <laughs> but there's actual, you know, ones that started off like that, like Howard Stern that went on to be gigantic so when the whole when the when the whole bubba the love sponge thing came out and i'm talking about hogan's last thing with him yeah everybody knows what i'm talking about um 
I'm like, what does this Bubba the Love Sponge even look like? What is he? Did you so think he was a wrestler? I, dude, I, first, I, completely different than what I thought he was. Yeah. yeah. And I like Google him. And, I, and the first thing I see is like Jenna Jameson nude interview with okay. whatever. And I'm like, this guy is complete. It was, maybe it wasn't Jenna Jameson. It was somebody like you know, that. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It's Florida. And it was like. God, this guy wants to be Howard Stern so fucking yeah. bad. I was just going to say that. I'd like to see when he started and did he change his shtick once, you know, Howard Stern was on, you know, E in the late 90s. And that's like our first introduction to him, really. Uh, absolutely. You know I what love I mean? that. I did too. And we're, it was right in our wheelhouse, you know, because we're, we're um, Teen, late, late teens. teens. Yeah. That shit spoke to I, me. Yeah. It was funny. It was weird. Naked. Yeah. Ladies, pixelated you know? boobies. <laughs> Who right. doesn't want that? <laughs> e uh, Entertainment. Yeah. Television. 2005. Then independent wrestler Matt Stryker makes headlines nationally when it is revealed that he had run afoul of the New York State Board of Education oh boy. for allegedly calling in sick from his teaching duties to work dates in Japan. Uh, he would resign from teaching and be hired almost immediately by the WWE. All right. My thing is, I feel like a lot of these teachers call in for a lot less. Like, you're going to Japan. They, he probably asked for it off. Here's the thing. I, I looked into it. Okay. And he's like, he took full responsibility. Huh. And I guess the letter of the law states that sick time and personal time are two different things. Oh, he tried to and group he was, them? He was, well, no. He's like, I I didn't know that it was two different things. Uh, so, and he wasn't taking personal time. He was calling in sick, basically. So they took it as like stealing from the school district or whatever. And he's like, I offered to pay back every bit of money that, you know, I made by he didn't do anything wrong. No, here. he didn't. And that's why WWE snapped him up immediately. Good. Yeah. That shows dedication, right? Yeah. And he's like, I'm a good teacher. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not an asshole. I'm, I'm going I, to Japan. To- I'm no Dean Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? 2006. Andrew Test Martin was brought back to WWE as a member of the ECW brand. Uh, a mere six months later, he would be suspended for a wellness violation and then asked for his release. Oh, the WWE. Which was oh, granted. Gotcha. Um, and then I, th- I believe he passes away in like 2009 in a hotel room for like a heart attack based on or the demons suffered from. Yeah, yeah. something like that. It's sad. 2008. <clears throat> CM Punk. Captured his first WWE World Title Championship on Raw. Punk cashed in the Money in the Bank briefcase on Edge after Batista roughed up the rated R superstar in segment one from Oklahoma City. Punk would defend the title later that night against JBL. And everybody thought that it was going to be because this was like JBL's run. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at this point, CM Punk's just, you know, looks like the fry cook. Absolutely. Nash said it, not me. <laughs> Well, whatever Nash says, you take his gospel. We all know that. <laughs> Goodfellas is a great movie. <laughs> I love independent films. Uh, <laughs> nah, but CM Punk would retain later in the night against JBL. Anyways, 2009, Seamus, Yoshitatsu, Abraham Washington, and Tyler Rex debuted on the main WWE roster for the ECW brand. Uh, Seamus is still there. That's it. Yeah. Remember Abraham Washington? Gonna have to remind me on that one. I love the name. So when I first saw Abraham Washington, he was like in a managerial role for the primetime players. 
And he was oh. doing like live commentary while the thing was going on. Yes. Do you remember what got him shit canned? Uh, yeah, uh, no, but I remember him saying something that went oh right over the it, house mic. It's about rape. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah. In a roundabout way, it was Tiger Woods. No. No. Uh, he's. He, I believe it was like Titus O'Neil just pounding the shit out of a job or whatever. Enhancement talent. Um, and A Dub's on the on the mic, and he's like something about like uh, Titus O'Neil is like Kobe Bryant in a hotel Kobe room Bryant. in Denver. That, I knew it was a unstoppable. Oh. <laughs> and I think he was out I of there. Do remember that? that week. Yeah, I knew it was a, a sports celebrity. You know. Crazy dude. 2011. This is the last one I got. Juggalo Championship Wrestling yes. presented Send in the Clowns on iPay-Per-View. Great name. I mentioned this because Corporal Robinson and Dysfunction as Weed Man. Yes. We're on the card, both of whom we saw perform this past weekend yep. live. Uh, also at the show, Colt Cabana, Truth Martini, Rhino, Jimmy Jacobs, Necro Butcher, Madman Pondo, Tracy Smothers, Eugene, Zach Gowan, and a couple other ones. A lot of Michigan boys there. Pretty uh, pretty fun for $5 pay per view right? I would have watched it. I wonder where all those can be found now. Does like High Spots have a section for Juggalo Championship Wrestling, perhaps, or... You can look. There's they do list all the different federations on the left hand side. It <sighs> took me a long time to find. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. Actually, I didn't even find it. On I, didn't spot. <laughs> I didn't either. I didn't. I didn't either. I had to go to the fucking darkest of the dark web to find it. Yes, we'll get into that later. Birthdays, Adam. Hit me. Your mother's a whore, Terry Funk. Seventy-five. Seventy-seven. Ah, I thought you'd get it because there's been a lot of uh, Terry Funk birthday well wishes going on today. Cody Rhodes. Thirty-nine. Ooh, thirty-six. Okay. For the young Codester. Okay. Alicia Fox. What I a WWE like she, run she had, by the way. Yeah, I think she's younger. I'm gonna go thirty-one. Thirty-seven. Wow. Dude, she was with the company a long time. She played like Edge's, uh, something like a like a therapist or something in one oh, of the Edge storylines, yes. like way early on. Yes, and then she got on right after that. And she, I mean, up until like two years ago, she was a mainstay. Yeah, for for a long, long time. So that's all I got for the uh, for the on this day, courtesy of our friends over at P Win Cider. It's now time for the Retro Raw Review. June 30th, 1997. We are in Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Des Moines, Iowa. We get some uh, opening sound bites, which I didn't do. I didn't bite them. But it has been a while since we've got the old, like, intro music and the, and the like, Last week. Right. You know, all that stuff. Yeah, the recap. The recap. But it went on a little too long, so I was like, I'm not going to do that. But it was fun to see to see that was back. And it does kind of set the stage for, for this night as the show really revolves around the, the Undertaker storyline with, with Paul Bear. Remember, as we left it last week, Paul uh, Undertaker kind of said, to hell with you. Yeah. Go and ahead and you, you say You do what it. you got to do kind of thing. And then this is also the go-home show to the Canadian Stampede. Oh, hell yeah. So you're going to have to watch that. 
Already, have you seen it? Already did. Wow, you were on top of it, Adam. It was fun, right? It was very good. Because uh, like two years ago, I decided I was going to like watch 97 from start to finish. That's right. And I didn't make it much further than the Stampede, but I did watch every fucking Raw and every pay-per-view in order, which was quite the... Uh, that's no a, pun intended. It's an undertaking. undertaking. Oh. <laughs> so, match number one, we get Ken Shamrock versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley with China. I like this match. Like, nothing too crazy going on, but Ken Shamrock has gotten much better yeah. than he did the first few matches he was sure. in there. And in a very short amount of time, too. Ken wins it with a belly-belly suplex after a bit of assist from Mankind, who headed to the ring to distract Helmsley. Yep. After the match, we get a nice little recap of last week's events between the Nation of Domination and the DOA, complete with a terrible hospital promo from Ahmed Johnson. Says he's coming back. Marble, marble, for the DOA and the Undertaker. He's in the way, too. I'm going to... Then we get a backstage promo from the Legion of Doom conducted by Michael Cole. Young Michael Cole. Who looked like he borrowed his brother's, his like older brother's sport coat for this one. Yeah, a little loose. It was huge. Uh, <laughs> this is the on-screen debut of Michael is Cole. Is it? I, I yeah. wondered. He had been hired by the company a couple months previous, but he never made an appearance until this very night. So this is Michael Cole's debut. He would take over for Todd Pettengill full-time after SummerSlam. Oh, so. that makes sense. Pot, Todd Pettengill, Pod Tettengill. Pod Tettengill. He's on his way out, and uh, Michael Cole is on his way in. Still a staple with the company 25 years later. That's Still getting yelled at in them headphones, man. Takes a certain breed of cat, dude. Michael Cole's that dude. D- are you like me where like you kind of hated Michael Cole for a while? Yeah. But then when you realize all the shit that he has to go through? Yeah. It's like nothing but respect for Michael Cole. Absolutely. And he is very good at his job. Especially the, even in this past year when they've brought in a couple new guys and they don't last long because guess what? It takes a special person to be like, you You got to filter this a certain way. Yeah. <laughs> and the, I like it every once in a while when like audio will leak. Yes. Back when they would do like commercials and it wasn't picture in picture and all that stuff where they actually do take a break and then Michael Cole gets like a tongue lash and he's like, how many fucking times do you want me to mention it, Vince? Or, or <laughs> yeah. Like do that. I fucking, I thought I said it. <laughs> all right, I'll say it again. <laughs> hey, everybody, we're back. All right, yeah. yeah. I love that. Plug in the app or whatever. Remember they they would plug the app like four times a segment. (laughs) Oh my God. Match number two. 1997 is a uh, simpler time, folks. The Nation of Domination, Farouk and D'Lo versus the LOD. LOD, which is just D'Lo with the letters swapped. Ooh, Ooh, you're getting deep. Illuminati. The the Godwins, who are newly turned heel last week, they stand on the ramp uh, to observe the match. It's a quick match. Uh, LOD hit the Doomsday device on D-Lo. Godwin's hit the ring, and Phineas hits head, uh, Hawk in the head with a slot bucket. Ting! Which allows Farouk to get the win. And then after the match, Vince hops in the ring to get a word from Farouk, who says that uh, with Ahmed on the shelf... He should get the shot. Yeah, one of the nation members should get the shot at Undertaker. But instead, Vince says that Vader will get the nod, and Farouk, of course... Uh, says that that's racially motivated. Yep. And then Savio Vega is out uh, to talk to Farouk. He says that he quit the Nation of Domination, but was not fired. Same thing Crush said the week yeah, before. I didn't quit, or I didn't. I wasn't fired. I quit. I quit. Uh, Farouk invites him to the ring to get a beating, and Savio brings his new crew out 
It's the debut of Los Boricuas. They uh, don't say that, though, do they? They don't They're say like, it on the it's show. Savio's crew. Savio's gang. And the, yeah, Savio's gang, and they're all. It's like uh, it's like Puff Daddy is yacht, is like all white party where you have to dress all like everybody's dressed in white, pure white, pure white, pure white. Uh, Miguel Perez, Jose Estrada Jr., and Jesus Castillo. They're they're not around that long, but they are long enough to remember Los Bariquas. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they get to brawling. Eventually, the do doa are out to join the scrum. Before officials break it up, I do like it that it takes forever. Like you start to hear the bikes revving in the back, and they're like, "Oh my, what, what's, what's going on?" It's like, "Gee, I wonder what's going on." <laughs> they come down there on their bike, real faction heavy the last few weeks. Oh yeah, yeah, they're they're getting the gang wars gearing up here, and it's not long before we get Degeneration X and stuff like that too. So it's it's a faction heavy time in the uh, the WWF match number three. Yeah, uh, Scott Putsky versus Brian Christopher. And this is officially a light heavyweight division match. Okay. They even have a graphic and everything. Yeah. Meaning you must weigh 215 pounds or less to compete. Uh, Christopher wins it with a roll-up after some interference from his old man. From Lola. And after the match, Brian and Jerry put a whooping on Scott, even hitting him with a spike pile driver, which I enjoyed. I did enjoy that. Spike pile driver. We go to the locker room. Then we see a distraught Undertaker who says that tonight he will, we will hear a a slanted, slanted version of the worst night of his life. He asks the fans to give him a chance to tell his side of the story. After Paul Bear attempts to poison their minds, <laughs> I liked it. I like this I little thread throughout. Like, dude. look, fun. you're gonna hear some shit tonight. Don't get all crazy on <laughs> Just me. Just let hey, me man. have a chance. To hey man, let me talk to you. <laughs> he did sound like that too. He had a little bit of his Texas <laughs> twang. Yeah. <laughs> a little big red in there. Big red. <laughs> Match four, it's Brian Pillman versus Mankind. Uh, Brian's apology promo before the match was great. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> uh, Mankind comes to the ring with a gift for Jim Ross. Well, you give a guy a mandible claw, you got to give him a mandible claw Christmas present. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It was like a hand with the leather like claw on it. I don't know what that thing's called. You know what I'm talking about. Wait, what? The little... The little leather, so mankind wears that fucking like leather thing oh, on his two yeah, fingers. The stint? Is that what it is? I think it's a stint. We'll go with it. Okay. It gives Jim Ross a sculpture, but it has that stint on it, ah. which I really liked. I, I missed that was it. Funny. I just thought it was like a gift. I was, yeah. No, that's what it was. It was a hand with a fucking mandible claw on it. It's funny, man. Uh, Mick's still sporting the pick me Steve signer on his neck. Yeah, he wants to be the he wants to be partners with Austin. And this match was a brawl, dude. I fucking loved it. Pillman uses the ring bell. He attempts to stab mankind with a pencil. Yes, you could tell Vince was like visibly frustrated with Brian Pillman. Like he's a, I feel like he's a loose cannon IRL. Uh, I could see it. You know I what I mean? He doesn't quite know how to wrangle Brian Pillman. Or is. This is after the accident, right? Yeah, hundred so percent. And Pillman's moving better than I thought he was. I, after that I thought accident. so too. But I wonder if it's part like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll wrestle a little bit in this one, and then he's like, oh, I'll grab a pencil instead. <laughs> then I'll grab a bell, and he's like, this motherfucker's not wrestling at all. No, <laughs> it's funny. And then he tries to bite off Mick's good ear, which he does say he was gonna do in the promo yes. fourth thing. Uh, Pillman wins the match by countout. Mankind was busy chasing Hunter in China, who had come down to the ringside. Uh, you know, Mankind fuck with Hunter's match. Hunter's going to fuck with Mankind's match. Yeah, it kind of is what it is. Even Steven. 
Then the war zone portion of the show kicks off. We see Paul Bearer heading to the ring to reveal the Undertaker's secret. Oh, boy. And as he gets near the ring, he gets attacked and taken to the ground by a fan. Young Rosemary, maybe? (laughs) That was insane, dude. Paul Bear goes down hard. He does. Like, that could have been bad. Yeah. Props to him for just, like, getting in the ring and full composure. Like, it never Adjusts the suit, and he just keeps... It never happened. He's a pro, dude. He's a professional. And this is, like, one of the linchpin promos of Paul Bear's career, too. Like, this was a big one. Yeah. And he just fucking composes himself. And if she hits him... A second later, he falls on the stairs, and it's bad. Yes. Were you surprised that they left it in? I kind of thought like something like this would have been edited out. No, because I feel like Vince says something, and maybe it was just easier to. Yeah, I guess you could edit whatever the fuck you want. It was to me. It was crazy that that was left in, but I I don't know. It was crazy. Uh, So Paul, like we said, composes himself, starts spinning a story. Uh, We know where this goes. It's the whole Kane thing. Yeah, him and Taker ripping butts behind the garage, (laughs) smoking ciggies. Yes. (laughs) He does say that. They're playing with matches, smoking cigarettes as young boys. I love that. I thought that was pretty funny, dude. Um, But Paul basically says that the Undertaker burned down the family funeral home and in the process killed his parents. And the Undertaker is a goddamn murderer. The lights flicker. And that's where we leave it, man. The show goes to break. And when we come back, Paul Bear is not in the ring anymore. Yeah, he go. Match five, it's the Headbangers versus the British Bulldog and Owen Hart. This is another semifinal match in the tag team tournament to determine the number one contender. Oh, by the way, that was an earlier match to Nation of Domination advanced earlier. With the LOD, yep. The match here I thought was pretty good, but the bulk of it is spent talking to Bret Hart on the phone, who is in Calgary, in air quotes, mm-hmm. ahead of this Sunday's Canadian Stampede. Owen and Davey pick up the win, and a familiar voice gets on the mic. Well, goddamn. <laughs> that was a good one. Jim Cornette, he brings out two behemoths. I remember these guys. Yes. Well, they had a stint. They call them the Headhunters, and they did have a stint in WWE, maybe like right around Royal Rumble 96. Okay. And then they're gone. Yeah. And then they come back That's for like right. just the shot, I think. They're gone again do after they, this. Do they call them the Headhunters? They don't say they shit. They don't say shit yeah, here. That's what I thought. I'm like, I think they're the Headhunters. And yes, it was Royal Rumble. You're right. Um, just a couple giant, I, I, what I loved is you hear fans, you hear the fans in the crowd going Abdullah or whatever. Cause one of them does, does resemble really yes, look like Abdullah yes, the yes. butcher. Both of the guys are huge, but one of them does look like Abby a little bit. It's weird. Bulldog slams one of them, which I thought was pretty sweet. It was awesome, dude. Um, these, these guys did work in Japan and they worked in ECW, but a couple just little short stints in the WWE. Um, also eventually born bonus points for the pointy boots. I love that. That's how you know they're bad guys. Oh, yeah. That's how you know. They eventually leave the Headbangers and Davey and Owen Ling with some impressive stuff for such big guys. like Moonsault? Big time moonsault. Barely gets it over, Jim. Barely <laughs> rotates over. Like if He he almost snapped his neck like a twig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was pretty fun, dude. I don't well, know. It was cool. I liked it. Next up, it's time to hear the Undertaker side of the story. He says it's true. His folks and his little brother burned to death in a funeral home. However, he says that it was Kane, whom he had seen earlier with some, quote, flammable liquids leaving the embalming room. (laughs) 
Yeah, he that, blames uh, himself. That's He's not like, the fire. I didn't. I didn't know what he was going to do with them, but looking back, I blame myself for not stopping him. Yeah, because Kane was his responsibility, right? You know, it's a little brother, and he's had to live with those memories as well as the image of seeing the charred remains of what was his family every day since. Because Paul Bearer, the sick fuck, oh yeah, took dragged him. him to the funeral home to to like lay eyes on on his family <sighs> members. So Paul Bearer to me is the heel here. I mean, you know what I mean, and the. the well, he later on, he, he says he fucked it. the Undertaker's mom and Kane's his son. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> I do love giving 24-year-old spoilers, dude. I, you know that about me. <laughs> oh, man. So so that's where we are with that whole storyline. And it, it's going to... This goes on for a while. Oh, yeah. They milk this. I, I like it. I do, too. Long-form storytelling. Bring it back. Match six. Uh, Vader versus Rockabilly. This one doesn't even really get underway. Oh, like, yeah. As soon as the bell rings, Billy hits Vader with a guitar, uh, <laughs> snaps it in two, yeah. and then the Undertaker just heads out and mugs Paul Bearer, <laughs> yeah. and Undertaker says he's going to kill him if he doesn't tell the truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Paul says he's, in fact, being truthful, and that Kane told him. Paul says that Kane is alive, Undertaker. And Vader, He's alive. Vader hits Taker from behind, and uh, he and Paul Bear powder out of there. Also, if you're trying to defend your, um, you know, your innocence of being a murderer, maybe not yell at yell out that you're going to kill somebody. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> In hindsight, maybe those were that was a poor choice Just of words. Saying. Yeah, poor choice of words, Big Red. <laughs> Match seven. This is the uh, main event, I guess, for the evening. Jim the Anvil Neidhart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Haven't seen much Stone Cold Steve Austin on this episode. Which before no. that he was getting in like three segments a week. Right. Um. He, there was a quick little backstage thing during the Mankind match, and I think that's it. And I think he's banged up. In fact, he's wearing one knee brace. Mm. Is this the first time we've seen him wear the knee brace? I think so. I didn't notice it last week. I didn't either. But he definitely has the one knee brace on. That would come to be like one get, of his staples. Get I guess. used to that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll double down on that later on. Right. Spoiler. Oh. <laughs> the match is uh, an all-out brawl. And as it's going on, Bret Hart attacks Ken Shamrock backstage. Well, that's impossible. He's in Calgary. No, he wasn't in Calgary <laughs> after all, Adam. Uh, Vince is worried that Bret will be headed to the ring any minute. And he's right. It takes a couple minutes, but he does come down to the ring, starts stomping on Austin, applies the figure four on the ring post. It's ding, one of your ding, favorite ding, spots ding, of all ding. time. Yep. Uh, Mankind comes down to make the save. He puts a mandible claw on Brett, which I thought was great. Like, Brett's got Austin around the Because he's hanging. Yes. And the mandible claw just comes into play. <laughs> it was pretty sweet. Uh, but more Heart Foundation. They're right on the tail of Mankind. Show goes off the air with the Heart Foundation laying waste to Steve Austin and Mankind. So what kind of shape will Austin be in six days from now at the Calgary Stampede? Can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, Stampede. We'll be here next week. We'll chat about the Stampede. We'll chat about the uh, chat about the fallout from that show, as well as the seven seven ninety seven episode of Raw that followed it right here on the Retro Raw Review. Any signs of the times from you, Adam? Oh, I did have one. It was... Uh, Rodman gave Bischoff herpes. Mm, interesting. Yeah. It's probably possible. He was with Carmen Electra for a while. We know that chick ain't clean. <laughs> uh, Is that pre-Dave Navarro post? Either way. <laughs> 
I saw a lot of lip piercings between the three of them, right? So many lips. So many lips are pierced. Um, Well, I'll stay on that track and we'll go with, how about this one? Nation of Masturbation. Oh. (laughs) And when that sign came on, Vince goes, well, we don't, we practice freedom of speech here on Monday Night Raw. (laughs) Which I liked. And then I like this one. Wade Keller fears flair. Ooh. Wade Keller over at the PW Torch. Dirt. Even way back then. And there was one in the crowd that was like Jeremy Borash something something. Wow. Even back in 97. Even back in 97. Crazy, dude. These guys knew their shit. Next up, it's time to go into the darkness. It's a news segment. It's the part of the show where we talk about what's coming your way in the world of wrestling figures and collectibles. We also discuss any items that have recently made their way into our personal collections. All right. Well, I think we should start out right after we recorded last week. There was another round of uh, releases. You're fired. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Yes. Um, crazy. This one wasn't, um, you know, there wasn't as star studded as the last one, but there was still some solid names. I mean, yeah, there's a couple Tyler Breeze, Fandango, Tony Nice, Aria Davari, uh, August Gray, who would, didn't, is he a 205 live guy? I don't, he's I'm not, not sure an NXT either. guy. Yeah, I don't think maybe he's that. NXT UK, but they seem to be leaving those guys alone. Yeah. I'm not sure. Um, Ever Rise, who we see every week on NXT, just doing like weird stuff. Oh, I didn't notice. I didn't know Ever Rise is a part of it. They're gone. The coffee cup, the coffee shit. guys. They're done. <laughs> uh, Kurt Stallion, the guy that looked like Matthew McConaughey. Yes, um, amen. The Bollywood Boys, they're gone. Yeah. Another name I didn't recognize: Arturo Ruiz. No, I got Ruiz. I got nothing either. Uh, Marina Shafir, Roddy's wife. Uh, Jessamyn Duke was released in that last round, so that kind of. Uh, that whole, like, remember the four horsemen of the MMA? Rousey, yeah. Baszler, and then that, another two? Yes. So we're down to just Baszler now. Right. Uh, I'm sure Rhonda's got a an open invite whenever she wants to come back, but She's otherwise. She's Preggers now. Oh, that's right. And Killian Dane. Oh, yeah. Gone. Yeah, they show, like, a North American uh, ladder match from NXT from a couple years ago. And, like, the <laughs> oh, only, it's two just, left. yeah, it's Cole and Ricochet or something yes. that are left. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, so this brings the total number of wrestlers released in 2021 mm-hmm. to 37. Wow. And that doesn't include those that left on their own, like Big Show, Mark Henry, Andrade. And I think I'm, oh, wow. I think I'm thinking of a couple other names. So that's at least 40. Plus, there's other people like uh, not on screen that got released too. Yeah, backstage, people, dude. That's that's a people, lot rest. of people, and and the internet scuttlebutt or whatever is like they're they're cleaning house to sell the company. And so here too, to Disney maybe, possibly, or mm. NBC would make more sense since they just paid two billion dollars for, for it or whatever. It's crazy. We'll though. see. We shall. We shall see. I just I don't see Vince McMahon like relinquishing control. I really don't. No. But yeah, it's it's interesting to see where all these guys are going to end up. It's you can't they can't all go to AEW. It's weird they can't all go. I mean, you got forty guys released from WWE, and you really only have like three other options to go to that are on TV. You know, you got Impact, uh, AEW, uh, New Japan, and Ring of Honor. Oh, oh, in the states, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy to see where all these guys end up. Hopefully they all do well. I'm sure they'll get some independent dates for a lot of them. 
Um, there's no, like I said, real, real big names on this one. Like there was last time with like Braun Strowman, future WWE hall of famer, <laughs> <laughs> our, our friend Tom, by the way, Agreed. Oh, by the way, Tom, um, brought a, a Christian yellow bobblehead, Adam, for you. Oh, Tom, so you're the man. Big shout out to Tom. Thanks, I ran Tom. a show this for uh, Saturday. I'll have to buy you a beverage next time I see it in the show. Buddy. Absolutely. Um, Appreciate but he that. says he uses the, uh, he wasn't quite on board with the with the Braun Strowman Hall of Famer, but he wasn't not on board because he uses a hillbilly gym test. He says, "Oh, he's like if hillbilly Jim's in the Hall of Fame, and I look at his accolades, <laughs> did Braun Strowman do more than hillbilly Jim?" And he goes, "I think the answer is yes." So, <laughs> I like it. So I like it. Um, the, uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, figure news: San Diego Comic Con right around the corner, um, but Mattel gave us a sneak peek on Monday. Nothing that we haven't already seen released as far as like news, but we did see like carded images of all these things. So right. they're, they're pretty far along. Did you check that out? Yeah, I saw. Them. So we saw Basic One Twenty Two, which was Damian Priest. He comes with like the uh, rib wrap, Scarlet, right? Drew McIntyre, Charlotte Flair, Chelsea Green, who's got the chase. She's got the the blue gear and the black gear, I believe. Okay. Oh, no, it's purple gear and then black gear. Um, what else did we see? We saw basic 123, which was Otis, Braun Strowman in the green shirt. This is the one with Scarlet, right? No, she's no? in one that's uh, earlier. Oh, like the Scarlet one, I think, is like basic 119 or 120. I think that's already in stock at ringside, actually. Uh, Bobby Lashley. Ah, that's why I saw it. I an like the awesome, Dexter. An Great awesome Dexter. looking Dexter Lumis, yes. especially for a basic. Like that looks spot on. It does. They did a great and then job. Uh, Jake Atlas, who gets the chase, he gets a black tights version and a white tights version. Pretty cool. And then the leaked stuff from last week is starting to pan out as truth. Because it is. The Legends Series 12 was officially released, and that's, the one that's with what Roddy the Billy Piper. Gunn, right? Yeah. Yep. What do you think about that Roddy Piper? I like it. The face is a little weird, don't you think? It's slightly weird. The face is slightly weird, but I love that it's a soft good jacket, soft goods kilt. Swap out. Is go that to the... like WrestleMania Eight Piper? I believe it is. Yeah, I'm I not 100 like percent. Where he wrestled Bret Hart. Yes. How do you feel about the big sexy Kevin Nash? I, I dig it. I like the because outsider it, shirt. I like the. Um, it's the, kind then, of like the smash and the, slam. Then you have the other one. Oh, it is. Oh, it's almost just like the uh, the WCW Smash and Slam same gear. One. Yes, you do. You have That's it in a... box. Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. So... It's like the same outfit with the big fringe on his pants and everything. Yeah, but you don't get the shirt. No, you don't get the shirt. And he doesn't have the Tupac bandana. True, but I'm just saying that's the the era that it's taken from. You know what I mean. I'm fine with then that. Then you get the Billy Gunn in the DX Army. This the uh, the helmet with the twigs the, on it and stuff yeah, is kind of ridiculous. Grass on it and shit. But I will say, if you take that shit off of him, the soft good pants and the soft good shirt, you got a pretty awesome Billy Gunn with the with the like the lips all over his knee pads and everything. You got an ass man. You got an ass man. <laughs> what else could you want? Then you get the junkyard JYD. dog. And what we didn't know, JYD is getting a chase. So the normal one's going to be in the red pants. Blue. You get the blue pants as the chase, which I really dig. Um, what else did we see? We saw Elite 87, which was Santos Escobar, which comes with the separate head with the mask, which I yeah, thought was cool. That was cool. Another Otis, which comes with uh, the Money in the Bank lunchbox, complete with like steaks in it and <laughs> that stuff. That was fun. Um, uh, Apollo Cruz, which he gets the chase, so he gets two. Candice LeRae, which looks really good. And an Asuka that looks awesome because we yeah. haven't seen an Asuka in a while. Yep. 
And I thought it looks really, really good. Then another possibly leaked thing. There was this guy called uh, Rainmaker Figs on Instagram posted what he's showing as inbox shots of AEW two packs. And he's got a Scorpio Sky Frankie Kazarian that come with tag titles and microphones. And then below that, he showed a Darby Allen John Moxley where Mox comes with a barbed wire bat, Darby comes with a skateboard, and it comes with a world title. And they look nice. pretty legit. Yeah. So, so that's pretty cool. Um, what else did I see? Oh, Zombie Sailor signed One Man Gang. I did see that. Which is very cool for the Heels and Faces line. And oh, did you order any of his? What'd you go with? I did not. Did you? Yeah. Would you, you went with uh, Sabu yeah. and Habner. Yep. No other ones? Kept it. Kept it with that. So what did that set you back about Hundo? Uh, it had to be. There were 40 apiece plus yeah, shipping. You must, you must be right, but I can tell you. I'd say like in, you know, northwards, north of 90, I would guess. But I, I just, mean, they're great. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Um. Yeah. And, and I thought you moved already. I didn't know if it was a deal yet. Um, yeah, we're looking at 94.36. For man. two figures. <laughs> That's tough. tough. When you say it out loud, it's a tough putt for me. I don't, that's just why I don't know. Putt. I love Sabu. And Jeannie just died, man. I, I know. We met her in Madison. That's right. Sabu and Jeannie. Um, what else do I got here? Oh, Pro Wrestling Tees. Micro Brawler. Terry oh, Funk. Terry Funk Bloody. Terry Funk Bloody for Bloody. one week starting today ends next Wednesday at noon. Yeah. So go get that. Have you got any of those yet? Um, Like order? Yeah. No. I did get some delivered. Oh, you did? We'll, we'll get into that. Okay. Well, we can get into that right now. You got it. What'd you get? What'd you get delivered? Uh, I got Psychosis and Dragon Lee. Okay. I got those two. What, wasn't it supposed to be three? I thought so. Maybe the other one's just on like backward or something because I thought it was well, also an Ultimo Dragon. Yes. That's I thought so too. And I'm, I'm like, I can't keep up anymore. I can't keep up anymore. And I start going when back. When the box and like, comes, you're I'm just like, like oh, what, yeah. what could this possibly I'm be? Like, oh, yeah. Dan Housen has one. Oh, yeah. Brian Pillman. Has, like, I'm like. There's a ton of them. There's a ton of They'll them. They'll all be coming eventually. I also, I got something else. So, yeah, you you bust out something. Okay. I'll, so, I'll I got the, I got. yeah, I got the psychosis. I think it looks awesome. They've come such a long way with these, um, with these micro brawlers, the way that they're starting to add, like accessories to them and stuff like that. Not that these guys have any, but just the, the detail and stuff on these, it's almost like, so the Funko pops, when they first come out, they're all just so basic. And then as they've gone, they've kind of like, they've gotten better and better and better. Right. So the early Funko pops were just like as basic as can be. And then if you get another, like, so the Austin one, and now you're getting these awesome ones that come with like title belts and like a three sixteen. Sh- I don't know. Now they're making pins of the Funko Pops. I'm yes, seeing which are like, all, those look pretty cool. <laughs> they do, and those are all blind box style, by the way. Oh, really? You know what I just noticed here when I'm holding my Psychosis and my Dragon Lee, the carding is not the same size. Oh no, it's not. It's like a quarter to a half of an inch longer. Off. That's weird. Oh, I guess because Dragon Lee has his arms out sp- uh, spread really wide. Interesting. That though, is interesting, though. I never they switch everything. Crazy. Um, as far as other figures, I got um, this doesn't fit into my shit, if you will. My my before my BC, BC. <laughs> my before BC. Cena. Um, but we were there that night, and he's one of my favorites. 
Christian from Money in the Bank 2011. I like it. I'm just going to have him chilling here in the studio at some point, doing the uh, looking for his peeps pose. That's what I plan yeah. on doing with that. Um, I got to get the uh, the YouTube thing going here so we can do some unboxings. Okay. Um, I did hit up our video guy. He was he was on vacation. Our he, video guy he guy? He said, uh, yep, Red Stop Productions. And Jake said, you know, what are you thinking for this intro video? Because audio editing, I'm n- I now know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from this podcast, we have our other podcasts. I bet I've uploaded nearly 200 shows. For sure. Video editing, I know fucking nothing. Oh, but I have an idea in mind of how I want it to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that he can, you know, walk me along this. Um, so it gets to be where I want it to be. And I'm one of those guys where it sucks, but I don't want to do something unless it's good. Right. So sometimes things tend to just not come out for a little while because I, I don't want to put it out half-assed. Right. And he's the guy for that. Um, oh, yeah. Also, <laughs> we might as well put it in here because it is an addition to the collection. When we go to shows sometimes, Adam, I like to grab a souvenir. Wait, I think I'll, I'll show you what else I got. Okay, go and ahead. And then we can go right into that to what you're watching. All right. Unless there's more. No, that's <laughs> fucking, that's perfect. I got all the, I got a shit ton of uh, pins from the Slam Crates. Oh, nice. Do you happen to have the um, the Planets Championship? I don't think so. Because that's the only one I think I'm missing. I don't missing. remember. You got the the WCW Big Gold. You got the Smoke and Skull, the NXT NWO. UK, the NXT, the United States, the Tag, and the NWO. Yeah. Yep. Those are all good pins. Yeah, I like it. I definitely 30 like bucks those. for all those. Oh, that's steel. Okay. That's a steel. That's about five bucks a pin. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Golden. Um, well, the last thing I got, and we'll just run it right into the <laughs> what you're watching. When we go to shows, sometimes I like to take a little souvenir. For an know. example, uh, Matt has a broken table from an ROH show that uh, Bully Ray put somebody through, and it's signed by Bully Ray. Yes, and I wanted to take the entire table, and they luckily wouldn't they us. wouldn't let me. And <laughs> thank God they didn't, because what the fuck would I have done with that? But at the time... Oh, you could have put uh, the pay-per-view chairs from last week around it, but, yeah, but whatever. No, I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I was, I said to the guy, like, can I just put that in my car right now? And he's like, no. But the guy was nice enough to, when he walked by and they're cleaning shit up, he handed me a nice chunk of the table yes. that I immediately took to Bully Ray, and we got a nice picture. He signed it. It's awesome. It's on the wall of my house. Oh, yeah. Also, our first ACW show we went to, there was a pool party death match. Yeah. With now one of my one of my friends in the business, uh, he was in it, Randy Fitzsimmons. Shout out to Randy. Um but they, they were using all these uh, summertime things, mm-hmm. and I got the tongs from that match, remember? <laughs> yeah. I haven't told them that. Mike, I have the tongs from that match. <laughs> you have to sign it. Um, but I pool party bring, two? You got to see pool party up. one. <laughs> that was great. Uh, but me and Adam went to... Um, we went Wicked to... Um, wrestling. It's now time for What You Watching, where we discuss what in the world of professional wrestling we've watched this week. It could be current product, vintage viewing, or anything in between. Nothing is off the table, or ladder, or chair. You know what I'm talking about. Had to hit the drop. Had to hit it. Uh, I hear you. Go ahead. What did we go see? Oh, we saw Wicked Fucking Wrestling in Lake Geneva. It was 
fucking wicked. <laughs> it was very fun. So fun. Um, I had gone to a family-friendly show in Waterloo, Wisconsin the night before. Oh, 180. Which will get... That's <laughs> a complete 180. <laughs> so, um, well, we'll get into the Wicked F in wrestling first. This is put on... Um, I think it's monthly during the summer. It takes place uh, at Holly's Como Inn, yep. which is a bar uh, right outside of Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And they have a wrestling ring just kind of set up in the backyard. Yep. Very nice. Um, we had food there. Like it was, it was a pretty legit spot. Oh, I love the setup for it. You, you go get a drink. You you could bring your own chair if you wanted to, even though they had chairs around yeah, the ring like if you rows. wanted to get close. Um. Yeah, man. They did the raffle tickets. They delivered the food. If you ordered some, <laughs> it was great. There's neighbors across the street that just pulled out their chairs and were sitting there. <laughs> the raffle goes like, "You want to buy yeah. some of these? You might as well." You know, it was, it was so fun. And they had some fun matches. You know, the the first oh half gosh. of it, I thought was, <laughs> I, I I was like, "Oh, this. What are we doing? This is kind of." Uh, I don't know. It was its own thing. Like yeah. you couldn't, you You're couldn't like, say anything about see where this goes. But yeah. what Adam's line was in the beginning of the show was in reference to uh, Tyler Baggins and his cousin um, uh, Greasy, Greasy D, Greasy D, Greasy D. Yeah, the uh, the Trailer Park Boys, and they showed <laughs> yes. up in a van, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's going to drive into the volleyball pit," which he did. And I go, "That fucking van ain't getting out of there," and he's spinning and it's just getting buried in the sand. Luckily. It did bite, and he got out of there. And I was scared that he was going to back right into this table of people that wasn't far from it. Right, it was going to catch at the right time. Um, Pit Stain has a great uh, like story from that, like um, like on Snapchat his on his Snapchat. Yes, like he's it's right there, and it just it's everything <laughs> we remember it as. And yeah, that, that whole thing was funny. Um, there was a championship casket match with fans bring the weapons. Yes. Is that what it was? No, no, no. Just a casket match. Um, There's a lot of weapons. Yeah, but casket match. Including man. this. Yes. <laughs> one of one of which is a uh, Barry Manilow live. record. Yeah, live record uh, that a fan had uh, glued um, thumbtacks to. A lot a lot of thumbtacks to. I think this, this was the corporal one, though, wasn't it? No, this is no? about 150 thumbtacks on there, <laughs> just oh, by a I quick mat. <laughs> I can't wait to. Uh, um, senior official Gatch said, uh, "I got Matt a sweet parting gift, didn't I?" And I said, "Dude, I, I told him next time I get the turntables out, I got a or next show, you know, whatever we do, it's gonna be all warped. It, yeah, it's just gonna be rolling. Steven's gonna come up. What is this? Um, like, don't tell. So, yeah, it was it was a casket match, and the end of the match. Ended with dysfunction, super kicking JP, who had held the title for like 1,500 plus days into a casket that before the casket match was just like laying alongside the entryway, which I thought was very funny. Um, We always joked, like, what if the neighbors looked out? Yeah, what are they thinking right now? There's a casket out there this time. But after he put him in the casket, dysfunction also covered the top of the casket in lighter fluid and And lit lit that on fire. fire, Lit on fire. Which was very fun. What I was kept thinking, though, what if some of that drips down in between the cracks? Like, oh my God, it could be terrible. Could be terrible for old JP. When I was was walking up to, um, so, you know, we're on the side of the road and the neighbors that were sitting out across the street, Mm -hmm. they are announcing the casket match. And I hear the neighbor go, Casket match. What does that even mean? I'm like, you got to put your opponent in the casket to win. And oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right. You didn't have a. You didn't have the greatest of experiences. I wasn't feeling. We're great. feeling. Great. Not, nothing to do with the show. No. 
but you were you were you were a little uh you were like Vince Averill at all out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the We Watch Wrestling podcast. <laughs> um, but no, so gotcha, so the, the casket match is over. You know they've used a, a bunch of weapons, including you know the bamboo skewers, which JP takes like a fucking champ every time I see him. Now that the, spot yes, was yes. awesome the first time yes. I saw it, and it still rules. But I've seen him do it a lot. Yeah, you know it's one of those things. Uh, but no, the Getch and the other ref are cleaning up after that casket match, and he picks up this record off the ground. He's just like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, hey, what what album is that? And I go, I want it either way. And he goes, Barry Manilow Live. And then just hands it over to me. I was like, yes, this is going to look fantastic on the wall. Um, yeah, it was a fun night. Corp- Bro- Brothers of Funstruction was there. That was awesome. Um, at one point during intermission, um, Matt... That's like uh, Mo Foley, uh, the Foley brothers. I think they actually run. They it. run it. Yes. Yeah. Um, they uh, f- they're doing a uh, Mo, Mo Foley's doing a, a hip hop show, uh, doing a couple some a couple raps. Yeah, and I was like, I'm gonna go in and pee, and then I'll come out and see what's going on. And during that, Captain Spigoli comes out and shuts it down and wants to hear some Jimmy Buffett, and he's perf- Captain Spigoli is is a perfect mix. It looks like Spigoli from... Are you ba- saying Spigoli or Spicoli? Spicoli. Thank you. Oh, I was going G, wasn't I? Spicoli. <sighs> a, it was a hard G. Sean Penn. Yep. You know, he looks like that. Fast times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, yes. But with a captain's hat on. Yes. It's perfect. It's Captain and he's Spicoli. Like, I hate rap. We should listen to Jimmy Buffett. And then they just beat him up. So Matt doesn't see any of this. Last he knows, they're going to I think do I'm a- going to come out to a musical performance. Yeah. And instead, they're lighting a bunch of tables on fire and putting, <laughs> putting somebody through it. He goes the hell happened <laughs> well it Matt. escalated so quickly dude i couldn't believe such a it. fun show we we got some good uh yelled out some lines you know on the 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 um like the main event it was corporal robinson yep versus uh kato kato who i hadn't seen anything about him we'd seen corp of course at some point i'm sure i don't think i've seen corp he wasn't at like when we went to hatchet attacks or something like that i don't Ooh, know maybe there i feel like we saw him there but anyways he's they start talking about how he's been on dialysis and on chemo and stuff, which was all legit. Like he's not doing well. Nope. And the motherfucker comes out and wrestles a death match. Yeah. And then smoking a cig announces that. It, <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> and then announces that in two months time, he's going to have his last match ever. Yeah. At that place. Yes. Because he's like family with those guys. Yeah. Family. Family. Um, so we got to be there for that. I wasn't invested until then. The Two only whoops, dude. my Two only whoops. gripe, my only gripe. Yeah, they do live commentary over, over like the PA. Okay, um, I agree that that is a gripe. I will say there was some funny shit that no, was said. there a hundred percent was, and that's but part of it because I think it takes the it does fans. Take away. The fans instead of being invested in the match are almost like listening to that and like reacting to that and like trying to get those guys to kind of pop a little bit. We saw there was some um, dead matches because of it. I really, I, I agree. Feel. No, no, I agree. Cause if you take that away, people will focus on the match yes. as opposed to listening yes. to the next funny bit might be and have those guys commentary and for the DVD or whatever. Yes. If they do that, I don't know. Or, yeah. or at least before they put it up on YouTube or something, yes. we've done that. I, I agree. Um, I've seen like a tough man or some shit like that one time where the guy I was there. Yes, the the get it get it get it get it. Remember yes. that shit? That yes. was worse. So and the the guy in the commentary was like clowning on one guy for being overweight and stuff. Not at, not terrible. at Wicked F and wrestling, but no at, at this, this MMA at this thing t- that we yes. were talking about. And it's oh. like, dude, you're a piece of shit. That guy's in the octagon, fucking. Yeah. 
What are you doing? You you're, you're grabbing piece a hot dog and fucking talking shit. Yeah, yeah, I will say it was way better than the last live commentary I heard, but I agree, it does take away. Yeah. So the night before, I went to Frozen Tundra Wrestling (FTW). What a good uh, acronym, right? Oh, I never thought about that. And uh, they had a show called Dead or Alive. By the way, the Wicked F and Wrestling show was called Sweet Baby Jesus. I like that all these independent shows name their product now instead of just like WF and W12 or whatever. Right. I like I, it. Yeah. I kind of like it. So this one was called Dead or Alive. Good time. Uh, I took the family. I hit up a couple people because I'd never been there. I hit up a couple people beforehand. I'm like, hey, is this a family-friendly thing? It was. The only gripe that my family had about it was it was just too freaking loud, which what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, DJ Bob has got that shit pumping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get the airplane fly over. Yeah, it's it's all. I did good. like we had the national anthem at the we could yeah. wrestling too. But my daughter had a great time. My son, you know, he's only four. He was into it at first and into some of it, but he kind of just he was kind of over. I mean, the bell time wasn't until seven thirty, so it's a late night. You know, Mav. It was. It was. Um, James Roadhouse James Vincent defeated Rough Crossing for the FTW heavyweight title. And he did the, the most awesome thing. There was a guy sitting in front of us that was, looked like he was... Um, I'm terrible with this, Adam. How would you describe... You know what I'm talking about. Challenge in some way? Sure. Okay. Um, you know, he just had the look about him, whatever, but just a huge fan. And he can't, he's got the Roadhouse shirt on. And when he comes out initially, like, he's like, he wants a big hug from James Vincent and James hugs him, or whatever. Yeah. So when Roadhouse wins the title, he points at this guy. And he's like, you in here, or whatever. And this guy doesn't skip a beat. Like, he fucking gets in the ring and he gets his hand raised. Oh, no. By Godfather, because Godfather was there. Okay. He sat about five feet away from us the whole night. Um, so now he's in the ring with Godfather and the new champ. And gets his hand raised, and then he gets out, and he's like high five in the whole front row. Like, dude, this guy's going to talk about this for the rest of his dude, life. He just yes. like made he this guy's best day. night ever. Best night ever. Um, there's a guy that we saw at Wicked F&W called the Pitbull Zach McGuire, which he kind of looks like current-day X-Pac. Break it down. <laughs> and I told you, I go... <laughs> Man, this guy took a hellacious chair shot from dysfunction last night. And then he turns, and you could see. The second he says that. No, no, no. Right before it, I go, well, I wonder if we could see it. And then he turns around, and you can see the imprint of the chair. Yeah, like rounds the, off. The like oval, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yes, he did. It was like, from the night before. <laughs> and Matt's like, look at it. <laughs> oh, like, dude, shit. it was brutal. Um Randy Fitzsimmons took an L to this guy called the Wanderer, A.C. Riley, who... I think my phone was listening, Matt, because all of a sudden the next day I got like... Oh, people really? People you might know. Oh, so then I went down the... I got to check out the license plate uh, jacket. Or whatever yeah. jacket. And he's got and he's got like a gnarly mask. He, he does He takes off mask. one mask and he has another gnarly mask underneath it that he wrestles in. There was another guy that I hadn't seen wrestle called uh, Hitman Rampage Santana. I okay. think he wrestles for Ohio Valley Wrestling, um, but this guy looked awesome, dude. Yeah, he's wrestling Skyler. Or I'm sorry, Skits. Oh, Skits. Um, Skits oh, has been putting on some great promos. I love Skits. Have you man. been watching those? Uh, maybe he's basically doing like a dual personality thing now. That's it's kind of so, the deal. Yes, I know, but it's he when he does it, he's getting better. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, he's finding his groove, man. Skits, great, great dude. Uh, but yeah, that was that. I did watch the Deathmatch Jake recommended match. Oh, I did too. I think. Yeah, I did too. 
So you were looking for it on high spots too? Dude, I okay, I found the exact date. I went through their entire PWG line. They do not have it on on high spots that I could find. I couldn't either. And I Jake's went by, like, I have it on home video. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. no, I went to, so I went what to did the you dark, do? I typed it into the yeah, YouTube. Okay. And it was uh, Japanese letters. Okay. Yeah. Well, did it say like Billippy or yes, something like that? Billy Billy or Billy, something? Billy Billy. <laughs> Yes. And I'm like, oh, how many right, viruses? That, that, are that's get what I watched too. <laughs> it was that's good. 100 what I watched. It was really good. But yeah, the entire screen is just coded in Japanese characters. Yes, and it said like Billy Billy up in the top corner. That's it. 100. <laughs> percent And I'm like, well, I hope this is worth it. And it started out very slow, and then started ratcheted it up. And like, yes, dude, a million false finishes. Matt McCarthy in the front row. <laughs> yes, Tommy. Tommy N kicking out of everything. Everything. Um, I mean, it was just balls out. And I think they said, props to Excalibur, too, because he was doing the commentary by himself, and he was way not as good as he is now. Yeah. He's he's fantastic now. Yeah, he's gone. He, he's he's uh, evolved. Oh, that's not even his promotion. I know. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, no, but... That that was a great match, Chris Hero. I mean, when he hits him with like four discus elbows or whatever, you're like, "This is it." No, Tommy on kicks out of that, and everybody's like, "Oh my fucking god!" And then finally, Chris Hero puts him away with like a jumping, spinning tombstone pile driver. Yes, the jumping. Yes, I love that. That, that match was insane. Like that was a great recommendation. Couple great roundhouses. Yeah, basically it was the kick versus the elbow. You know what I mean? It was. Yeah, there's so many of those. Like yeah, Chris Hero. Let's not put any shade on him. He kicks out of a million of those. He, you know, they call them black mass or whatever. Or the stomps. The two on stomps. top of it. Yes, that was. It was a great recommendation. I love that. Uh, I wish we would have been able to see a show there. Yeah, cracks me up. That place th- is not even there anymore, dude. I think we should just end it with local, man. Well, um, well, other than the recommended, I just want to hit on a couple things real okay. quick. The and by the way, Jake didn't send me a recommended. He, oh. he said he will send one next week. That's um, holidays. AEW Dynamite. I love that Hobbs versus Hangman opener, and. I loved the Tully Blanchard Conan thing. That was awesome, right? That With was FTR. awesome, dude. And then, yeah, they and it fit because FTR or, you know, the Proud and Powerful have worn those masks, those like uh, totally. dead president masks. Yes. So they did a really good job. You told me about it first before I watched it. Not that I care about spoilers, so I already knew what was going to happen. So I don't, I don't have the ability to put myself... Did you... When you first saw it, were you tipped off to anything? Like, did so you think? I saw on Twitter that uh, Conan got beat up by FTR. So I'm watching oh, it. Well, hold on. Then Conan, Conan's like, but I got my boys too. I'm like, huh, somebody else might must take out, you know, uh, his boys, his boys first. So I, I was uh, surprised. You know, I, I got the surprise still. I was like. Oh shit! It, they're right there. That's how they did. So yeah, they didn't. They is a semi spoil, I guess. Yeah, it was fun though. Yeah. I dug it. I'll, I dug it too. I actually watched uh, a decent amount of Monday Night Raw, and I'll be goddamned if I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, God. Um, Adam, if I'm going to put the time in, I liked. Okay, so I watched the Battle Royal. Uh, big time tip oh, off this week. Yeah. When Matt Riddle's the only guy to get fucking entrance music and he wins it. Yeah. <laughs> but I love this, like I haven't been After paying a whole lot, I haven't been um paying a whole lot of attention to it, but he when he's like, I'm gonna letter. do it for Randy. Like 
<laughs> well, he gave him the letter first. I didn't see that. Oh, he goes, uh, Randy, uh, <laughs> Randy wrote this. And it's like a marker. And it's um, Sonia and Adam Pierce. Okay. And it's like, uh, I, Randy Orton of Sound Mind and Body, <laughs> allow um, uh, if if Riddle wins the Battle Royal and the Triple Threat, uh, he, that means he could take my place and shit like that. He's, like, it, like shit was misspelled. What is up with Randy? I don't know. Is he hurt? I don't know. I don't know. He was there last week. And then and then, he, and then Adam Pierce like, you uh, you obviously drew this yourself or whatever. And he's like, he actually, he actually drew a rattlesnake at the end. <laughs> Sincerely yours, Randy. And shit, he's like mouthing it as they're saying that. And he's like, you know what? Uh, good on you. Yeah, get out there. And he's like, okay. And he just cruises out on his bike, and that's how it starts. Scooter. Yeah, scooter. Sorry, bike. <laughs> but, um, and then that triple threat match was a hell of pretty a match. Pretty fun. That was pretty fun. That was a heck of a match. And I really thought, like, obviously, Drew. I thought Drew was going to take some time off. Actually. Drew won it, which pissed me off. But. Matt Riddle came out of Raw looking really good. Yeah, I, agree. I thought so. I, I, Sorry, Randy. <laughs> he it. tweeted the next day. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. He's doing the RKO pose. <laughs> I love that he. There's a couple times where he does say Randy. <laughs> like I don't. Know. Um. What I, What else did I watch? Um. I'm excited for AEW. It's it's back oh, to tonight. Yes. Uh, NXT is 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 doing the Great American Bash next week. Yes. There's a lot of fun stuff coming. I, up. I, I think. Did you watch just... NXT last night? Because I did not. Yeah, I did. Was it good? Yeah. Well, what what do you, what is your takeaway? Real quick, you don't have to pull up every every result, but what what was your you know hit me with the highlights? Uh, the highlights is that this. Uh... I also watched the before. I also watched the most wanted treasures where they're looking for Ric Flair's butterfly robe. The whole fucking episode, they're looking for Ric Flair's butterfly robe. Oh, it's Hootie. No, it's not. No, but Ric Flair thinks Hootie's got it. So he goes to fucking <laughs> Darius Rucker's house and he's like, I remember you buying a fucking robe at a, at an auction or ever. And he's like, I've been telling everybody that it's the, that it's the uh, black butterfly robe. Because that black butterfly robe is the one that he uh, came down to the 92 Rumble. Rumble won the Rumble with. And yeah. he wore it somewhere else, like another big match or whatever. Um, he, uh, the covers of WWE Magazine, he's got it on. Like, yeah. It's iconic oh, yeah. as fuck. It is. And they, they it's, value yeah, it at like 90 grand. Oh, I can see that. And Darius is like... Uh, I don't have that one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got the pink like this, one. He was the one they call it the galaxy robe, which is like the white on white. It's really oh, pretty. Okay. Um, but so anyway, so then they're on a lookout and they all of a sudden in quotes, the robe goes up on eBay and gets sold for 10 K. And they're like, it was gone like that. And they have Conrad Thompson in looking for it too, because he's been looking for this robe forever. Chat me up. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte, <laughs> Charlotte's looking for it. Megan's looking for it. I don't know if Megan gives a fuck. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but it, it basically boils down to like, they figure out who, cause Conrad's in intertwined with all of these other collectors. Right. So like he, he finds out who bought it. But this guy doesn't want to, like, be revealed. So he has, like, a liaison, another collector that, like, meets with them with the robe. Like, he shows it no and everything. Shit. And they're like, well, what do you need for it? And, like, he wanted he wanted another robe. He wanted boots. 
and he wanted like 15K or something Jesus. or something like that, whatever. Well, if it's worth 90. So Connie's like, Conrad's like, well, I have the boots. That's not a problem. And I'm willing to give them. He's like, I lend stuff to WWE all the time. This could be kind of like a shared thing, whatever. Like if I need it for something, I'll take it. If you guys need it for access or whatever, you guys take it. Mm-hmm. He's got a good relationship. And, um, but the robe that he wants is what they call the jungle robe. It's that dark green one. Oh yeah. And he's like, well, I'm, Conrad's like, well, I don't have that robe, but I know who does. And they're like, well, who is it? And he goes, well, you're in luck because it is WWE official Charles Robinson. Little Nate. Little Nate. Little Nate has got it. So they go to little Nate's house, which I was kind of upset to see that he just lives in like a little townhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the other one with Timmy? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Come sad. on, man. It's sad. It's sad. Um, but Lil Nate has this thing. Like, uh, he's so fucking excited to see Ric Flair come through the door. And he's and he has it, like, in his living room. And it's, like, on a fucking display. And he's like, I'll probably be buried in that robe. And oh, my like, God. Uh, why like, we're here. <laughs> well, well, this is kind of why we're here. And um, they t- they ask. They, like, come out with it. And they're like. We we need to get this black butterfly robe, and this the seller is looking for this robe because he wore it at like Starcade '85 or something like that. Sure, you know, I don't know. Um, Little Nate comes to tears, oh like boy. like he's crying. I gotta watch this. And, and and Rick's like, I hate you know. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. Whatever. And he's like, this this just means so much to me, and this and that. And basically, they call like Ben Brown or whatever, and they're like, look, we have another robe. That we could offer up that you, you know, you can have this robe. We get your robe. Connie's they got the boots, right. whatever. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll do that or whatever. Then they, they go to meet the fucking seller, his liaison, a guy again, and get some hotel in Huntsville. Okay. And the guy now wants more money. The guy oh, now wants bullshit. like 35K. Plus the boots, plus the robe, and Conrad's pissed at this point. But he's like, he said like fifteen before, yeah, yeah. And and Conrad's like, you know what? I'm sick of fucking around. Let's just let's just fucking get your guy in the horn and let's make this deal. I'll wire the money right now. Oh wow! Well, let me like get, we let, used to let me get my guy on the phone. Or whatever comes back to the table. And he's like, I wish everything was okay. He wants sixty grand now, or fifty grand plus the robe plus Fuck the that. and Conrad's like. Ric Flair doesn't have any money, by the way, which is fucking so... Yeah, I learned that on Wrestling Anonymous. <laughs> he pisses away all of his money. When he says that he spent more money on spilt liquor than you made in your life... It's true. It's true. <laughs> and it's so fucking sad because he's got to like, well, hey, what's up, C-Man? He calls Conrad up and he's like, this guy needs 50K now. And Conrad's like, tell him we'll do it, but it's got to be done right fucking now. And it is the, is the robe in the building with you right now? And they're like... Yeah, we have eyes on the robe, and he's like, "Get me this motherfucker's Jesus. info." And Conrad Thompson he wires over bill, huh? fifty grand to get this, and puts up those boots. And poor little Nate gets fucked out of his robe. That's bullshit. Ugh, it's something else, That's though. Sad. Um, NXT was a gigantic just set up for this weekend. Oh, I forgot. Or, or, NXT. Sorry, sorry. We ne- end ne- on next Nate. Tuesday. <laughs> um, I will say that there is a new uh, North American champion. Swerve beat Bronson. Oh, I like it. Yep. And then hit uh, row, hit row. Grimes versus LA Knight. If Grimes win, he's the million dollar champion. Okay. If he loses, he has to be LA Knight's butler. Oh, he's gonna lose. Oh yeah. 
It's a Seinfeld episode. Let's get out of here. Damn it. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Watch some wrestling. Uh, Get at us on the socials at DorksideOTR. I promise we're going to get that YouTube thing up soon. Um, Work with us. Until then, watch some wrestling. Bigger than Jesus and bigger than wrestling. Bigger than the Beatles and bigger than breast implants. Bigger than Jesus and bigger than wrestling. Bigger than the Beatles and bigger than breast implants. Bigger than guns, bigger than cigarettes. 